Warning. What follows is a story of monsters, madness, and mayhem. I'm Nick. And I'm Zach. Welcome to Weird and Feared, a barely educational podcast about global folklore that aims to enlighten, entertain, and expand your world. Talk at me, hell yeah. Yeah, and you don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know what you're going to be talking at me about. that's the format we've adopted for this show. It's true. If you're new to this. Every episode is a... If not, you know what we're getting at here. Yeah, if you know, you know. Yeah. But, uh... I've been feeling somewhat nostalgic lately, I guess you could say. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. So I've been rewatching a show that I grew up enjoying, and I've been listening to some music that I have, you know, fond memories of. Okay, I like where this is going. Right? Yeah. Uh, it kind of brings me back to a time when all you had to do was spin some CDs and watch one of the seven channels that I had growing up. Oh, man. Right? Yes. I love that. Yes. The, bef- the way before. I was going to say the before times, but that can be many things. The way before yeah, times. the way before times. Almost the beginning times. Mm-hmm. Even just thinking about it now, you know, it kind of hits the spot, just like we were saying. Right. That longing for a simpler time. Oh. And as I wrote this, it uh, makes me really hate having a smartphone. It still does. Oh, yeah. Even after I wrote that. Sure. Uh, Right. It's kind of changed things to the point where we almost constantly need to be stimulated, you know? Unfortunately, I do. Yeah. I always said that I would never get a smartphone. Like, for the longest time, I was very anti-smartphone. Yeah. And then I became a liar. I think, well, I mean, I was I was also a liar at some point. I know I liked, I don't know, I thought having a razor was cool, and that was enough. Right. A flip phone. Yeah, I had like a little flip, it wasn't like a flip phone, but it was like one that, you know, you had a full keyboard where you could actually hit the button. Oh yeah, I had, yeah, I had one of those too. I only had so many phones, so they kept breaking them. That's a bad track record I have. Right. And as phones got more expensive, that was bad. Anyways. Yes. Anyways. Well, eventually, I adopted a smartphone, as most of us did. We had to. And because at the time it seemed like a necessity, being a musician and social media being important for that, you have to market yourself, and that was that. I yeah. can say that I regret it at this point, but it's become, you know, kind of ingrained so much in our day-to-day lives that it's hard to revert back to that previous state. I do miss those before times. Yeah. Me too. I miss when I had to I mean, fuck, we we got on Facebook when you first yeah, Imagine sitting you. down on a computer to have to use Facebook. Uh-huh. So then like you literally had it away from you at some point. Right. Maybe check it in the morning before you go to bed. Mm-hmm. Might spend hours on the computer, but eventually it's done, and then you go about your day. Right, you don't walk around with it in your pocket all day. Yeah, I hate that Facebook was in my pocket. Yeah, because I never, uh, I mean, I don't have Facebook on my phone anymore. No, that's why I wish, I, yeah, I hated when Facebook was in my pocket because it is now gone. <laughs> right, and looking back, I actually looked back, I was looking for an old post for some reason, I forget why, but yeah. looking back to like, 2010, 2013, when I actually, like, sat down at a computer and used it. Yeah. I actually posted things on there, like, had conversations. There yeah. was a certain point where I was just like, fuck this, and just stopped well, yeah. posting anything on it. And also, there was a point when, like, lots of people would post, like, comments and thoughts, as opposed to just sharing images and memes. It's just like, there's no discourse, it's just sharing things. Right. Just nothing but links, images. Yeah. Well, I digress, though. Correct, sorry, yes. So. Yes. Let me sip my beer. Oh, I'll take a sip too then, which I guess I, that's fine. It's good audio. It's uh, a good beer too. Let's get back to what set me down this path. Okay. When I was a kid, there was a show on our local Fox network that scared the hell out of me at first. You know, the first time I saw it, terrified me. Okay. Uh, but it also sucked me in and grabbed my attention. 
for all I know, it could have been responsible for my fondness of supernatural and strange phenomena. Oh, yes? Yeah. Nick, you may have figured out exactly what I'm talking about. I think it might have to be one thing. Yeah, but for those who aren't so sure, I am talking about the X-Files. Amazing. Yeah, it's a good show. Yeah, it was, was a banger. Yeah. <clears throat> well, like I said, I've been nostalgic lately. Yeah. So I watched, I've been watching it again. Hell yeah, all right. So I watched an episode uh, the other night. Okay. It was in the first season, which is probably not the best season. Uh, but like, you know, like any show, right? I'm rewatching the whole series. You got to start in start in the beginning. Sure. So that's where I'm at. Okay. Well, I watched that episode and you know called it a night. Not not too much to that at this point. But sure. We'll continue on. Okay. The following morning, I decided to listen to an old classic. At least as far as some of my favorites grow, or go, uh, I threw on AFI's Sing the Sorrow. Nice. One of my favorite albums of all time. That's very good. And after viewing some old fan message boards from the early 2000s, it makes me seem like I'm a poser for liking this album. What? Yeah. Oh, my God. People did not like it back oh my, then. I, do, well, yeah, what I don't kind know of... why those message boards were still up, but... What, what a deep dive is this? Oh, my, <laughs> oh my Lord. <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah. Man, you're... How's it feel to be a poser? <sighs> Great. I mean, that's a good record. I guess I just wasn't die hard enough. I don't know. I don't... I mean, there's, like, old pop punk bangs I would kind of, like, poo-poo. I listen to them, and I'm like, oh, that's not bad. Right, yeah. What's my problem? What was my problem? Oh, it just wasn't cool enough? Or am I just nostalgic for that older, that different time? Yeah. Could when be. that was all we had to worry about is how much you hated Blink-182 or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyways, those yes. two things combined. But my God. Like I mentioned before, they bring me back. Okay. A 16-year-old me may have repeated those exact things before. I may have watched that episode of X-Files and then listened to that album in the same day. It's possible. It is possible. Who knows? So even though I've always loved music and listened to all sorts of it, I'm horrible at lyrics. Okay. okay. So stay with me here. I am. I'm here. Back in the day, I used to just play CDs and sit there and read the liner notes, right? Oh, God. I, never, I haven't thought about liner notes in forever. <laughs> I'm sure plenty of other people did that. Yeah. Whether our age, younger or older, you know. Right. Um, well, like I said, I'm feeling nostalgic and kind of sick of the internet age. So I still do this now uh, with vinyl. It's one of the big reasons I have gotten into vinyl nowadays, and it's just nice to sit down and listen instead of just having background. Right. So unfortunately, getting a copy of Sing the Sorrow on vinyl is not in my budget. Oh, no. It is very expensive. Oh, my God. Because it's apparently rare. Oh, my God. Reprint it. Davey Havoc, what are you doing? I have a bunch of the other reprints. That one they haven't reprint, and... It has driven the price up quite a bit. Oh, my God. It's amazing. Because I was going to say, is it because it's the Poser record? I guess, maybe. But then people are shilling out hard for it, which means a lot of people want it. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways. So, I got my old Sing the Sorrow CD out. Nice. And read the liner notes while I streamed it from Spotify. Good. Because I don't have a CD player anymore. Oh, no. Oh, no. So, I know. Full of hypocrisies, right? The merging of the ages. Yeah. Um, moving on though, I'm reading through the lyrics and thinking about the songs and the overall meaning behind them. And those of you that are familiar with AFI are probably aware, but those that aren't, the lyrics, you know, are typically somewhat poetic and they always kind of lean into the dark side of things. And that's exactly how this album goes. Yeah. Okay. So since we're not a music podcast, I'll sum it up for you real quick. Okay. The whole album hints at death and this kind of idea that maybe once you die, you come back again. Oh. Well, what a coincidence. That episode of The X-Files that I watched the night before had a similar topic where a young girl was the reincarnated form of a man that was murdered and seeks vengeance on his killer in the form of this young girl. Oh, my God. Coincidence? Or is it, is it the circle of life? 
have I circled back to being 16 again? Is it possible for the beginning, the, the beginning to march ever onward right up to the f- big final ending just to revert back to a new beginning? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Oh, my God. Well, those are fun topics to muse on, right? Yeah, I'm using right now. Reincarnation is a topic for philosophy and religion. <laughs> but there's no room for it in actual science, right? I mean, not really, considering how I know science, how science works. Yeah, reincarnation doctors? Yeah. Like Officer Tree Doctor? <laughs> <laughs> Officer Tree Doctor! <laughs> Man, there's a fucking show. <laughs> I'd watch that. <laughs> What's it about? He's a park ranger. Why is it called that? Yeah. <laughs> officer Tree Doctor. Is he a tree? No, no, no. He's he's an officer who's has his PhD in treeology. Oh. Yeah. Treeology. Okay. Yeah. You know. It's the study of trees. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be like an arborist? No. What's an arborist? I mean, it would. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, do I know what that word means? I thought I did. Yeah. Well. Yes. Ian Stevenson was a Canadian-born American psychiatrist. He worked for the University of Virginia School of Medicine for, for 50 years. Okay. He helped found the Society for Scientific Exploration, which was founded in 1982, and the, uh, he was the author of around 300 papers and 14 books on reincarnation. Oh. Stevenson summarizes his kind of career as an interest in why one person would develop one disease and another something different, uh, where then he came to believe that neither environment nor hereditary reasons could account for uh, certain fears, illnesses, and special abilities. Okay. And that some form of personality or memory transfer might provide a third type of explanation. He did, however, acknowledge that without the, or the absence of evidence of a physical process by which a personality could survive death and transfer to another body, so he was careful not to commit himself fully into the position of reincarnation but he did argue that certain case studies could not, in his view, be explained by environment or hereditary, and that reincarnation is the best, even though not the only explanation for the stronger cases that he investigated. Uh, So Stevenson traveled extensively, sometimes as much as 55,000 miles a year. He traveled around the world, collecting over 3,000 cases uh, on reincarnation. What? What? (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's a doctor? He's a doctor. He's a scientist? He is a scientist. Okay. He's a doctor scientist. He's a doctor scientist, doctor reincarnation scientist. Reincarnation doctor. Okay. Um, In interviewing witnesses and reviewing documents... Stevenson searched for alternate ways that he could account for the testimony that the child came upon the information in some sort of normal way. Okay. Uh, the, the witnesses were either engaged in some sort of fraud or self-delusion, that the correlations were the result of coincidence or misunderstanding, but in scores of cases, Dr. Stevenson concluded that nor, no normal explanation sufficed. All right. Okay. So he's ruling out the normal things. Right. And he's thinking like, well, reincarnation. Mm Mm-hmm. In some cases, a child in a past life uh, may have birthmarks or birth defects that in some way correspond to physical features of the previous person whose life the child seems to remember. Stevenson's Reincarnation and Biology, a Contribution to the Etiology of Birthmarks and Birth Defects, written in 1997, examined over 200 cases of birth defects or birthmarks on children claiming past life memories. These included children with malformed or missing fingers who said they recalled the lives of people who had lost fingers. 
a boy with birthmarks resembling entrance and exit wounds, who said he recalled the life of someone who had been shot, and a child with a scar around her skull three centimeters wide who said she recalled the life of a man who had had skull surgery. In many of these cases, in Stevenson's view, the witness's testimony or autopsy reports appeared to support the existence of the injuries on the deceased's body. How do you feel about that? So, well, I'm feeling lots of feelings. Does, um... So it, the last thing you said was that it corresponds to, like, the victim's bodies. Mm-hmm. So was he able to figure out who these people might have been? Yes. Well, we'll get to that. Okay. Because, sure, I'll leave it alone. But I was like, so he, what is he doing? Mm-hmm. What is he piecing together? Oh, yeah. Is this man, is he, okay, so, like, he's a mortal human being. Mm-hmm. He doesn't just have magical knowledge of right, no, the afterlife. Right, no, no, he just goes. He's just a he guy. He travels the world and interviews people, basically. So he's just a guy who's got his doctorate in reincarnation. I well, mean, not really. I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> for our purposes, yes. yes right? For our purposes. Re- outside of this podcast, he's got other stuff going on. But like, what he's up to right now is he's telling me. I mean, I just judge things as how I see him. And he sounds like he has his study, his PhD in reincarnation. Because if you can piece that shit together and throw things in people's faces, like, oh, yeah, this is what I think happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there was a case of a boy who said he recalled the life of someone who had been shot. And the sister of the deceased told Stevenson that her brother had shot himself in the throat. The boy who Stevenson was interviewing um, had a birthmark on his throat. And Stevenson suggested that he might also have a birthmark on the top of his head, representing the exit wound, and they found one underneath the boy's hair. Did they shave his head? I think they just, I don't, I don't know. They I, just I don't have that. I'm sorry, I just imagine, like, we gotta know, what? <laughs> wow. Yeah. All right. So, for the first time in, what, 120? 23? I don't know. Hundreds of episodes. We have scientific journals on all this reincarnation talk. I found them. Unfortunately, by the time I needed to have this episode completed, I didn't have time to to read them. That's okay. It's an ongoing podcast. Because they read like scientific journals. So not the best for our purpose at the moment. Had a more time to sit down and summarize them on my own. Right. Zest them up a little bit. We would we would have them. I mean, just the fact that we could and can have them. I have it all pulled up still. I I don't. I mean, I think that's one of the few times. um, Like, not that I'd be standing during this podcast, but I'm glad that I'm sitting Mm. to hear that information. Uh huh. Because I'm still trying to process it, little in awe right now. Yeah. It's pretty cool. but I didn't have time to go through it, like I said. So sure. one day we can do that. But yes. for the time being, we're sure. going with stories I found on other parts of the internet. Okay, that's fine. And honestly, it's possible that these are summarized versions from his work. But I haven't t- had time to verify that at all. And sure. Like some read, because I did read some of the uh, books and studies. And some of them read like they could have been, but they're just kind of shortened and played up yeah or not played up but just just shortened for storytelling purposes rather than scientific study right uh but i don't know if that's accurate in the slightest bit like i said eventually i'll get through them and we'll know because i did i did read some and i read a little bit of his process in interviewing these people that he did interview yeah and sometimes he wouldn't speak the language you know he'd be in asia or something where okay. he couldn't but in order to cut through any translation errors and make sure he's like the process is going according to scientific study, yeah. he would have two translators. One would translate to him. He would write things down. And then another translator would verify that he understood it correctly and that n- the translators weren't mixing things up or leading witnesses and things like that okay so it was trying to be as you know scientific as possible while navigating uh language barriers so 
from what I did read, it was very thorough, uh, as thorough as you can be with something like this. Sure. But let's get into a few different stories. All right. I'd like to say I'm ready for these, but am I? Hmm. We will tea. We will, we will tea. We will tell. We will see. In 2009, at the age of four, uh, Ryan Hammonds began waking up. He would clutch his chest and scream about how his heart exploded in Hollywood. His mother, Cindy, became intrigued when Ryan revealed more details from a former life. Yeah, yep. <laughs> As any good mother would. Okay, son, tell me more. He insisted that he once lived in a house in Hollywood on a street with the name Rock in it, where he had three sons and a friend named Senator Fives. One day, Cindy was going through a book featuring photos from old Hollywood when Ryan peeked over her shoulder and excitedly identified one man as George and another as himself. Cindy contacted a psychiatrist from UVA Medical Center. Good call. Which is where Stevens worked. Oh. Who conducts research on reincarnation. The psychiatrist verified the man in the photo was a film star named George Raft, and the other man was Martin Martin, who died in 1964. Upon contacting Martin's daughter, she confirmed Martin was a Hollywood agent. He lived on North Roxbury Drive, had three sons, and once met with New York Senator Irving Ives. After meeting with Martin's daughter, Ryan lost interest in his Hollywood memories. He became standoffish at the meeting and told his mother afterward that his daughter his daughter's energy had changed <laughs> <laughs> yeah so the i get it also said that the psychiatrist yeah which i'm pr- pretty sure was stevenson but like i said this isn't from the actual journals sure um said that it was possibly possible that after seeing that his daughter had moved on and had obviously no recollection of this child being her father that it it was that's the energy change that he yeah like diffused it like it just yeah like he could move on and become who he is now yeah the memories could go away mm-hmm. oh Christ all right ready for another one yeah at first Erica Rollman laughed off her five year old son Luke's odd tendency to call toys and objects Pam oh, I just can't. <laughs> I love how I always start with the mom notices their kids acting fucked up <laughs> every time. Yeah. Okay. So the mom was also, she was also unconcerned by his comments about having once been a girl. I feel like that's a typo. She's probably concerned about his comments about being a girl in a previous life, but who knows? Maybe she wasn't concerned. I mean, she's, I mean, interested, You're right. curious. Yeah. I could that could double his concern. Yeah, so Luke would say that he had black hair when he was a girl and that he wore the same earrings as his mom when he was a girl. Out of curiosity, Erica f- finally asked Luke who Pam was. I was, he said. Well, I used to be, but I died and I went up to heaven. I saw God and then eventually God pushed me back down and then I woke up and I was a baby and you named me Luke. <laughs> right? Uh, uh, well, I mean, that's, that's, that is, that's, I love that's like the, the too long didn't read version of what happened to him. That's what happened. Yeah. That's yeah, straight to the point. I was Pam and now I'm Luke. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> I met God and he pushed me back down. God's like, yeah, you ain't done yet, Pam. Hey, See you, Pam. Hey, You're Pam. Luke now. You, spoiler alert, your new name's going to be Luke. What? <laughs> all you get it's your head start you'll be named luke yeah so and then you'll torture your mother with this knowledge later (laughs) so eventually uh his mom pressed him for more details and luke told his mother that he lived in chicago took the train a lot and died in a fire oh my god Hmm. that's intense oh my god pam died in a fire after mentioning his death luke made a hand motion indicating someone jumping out a window when Erica punched the information into a search engine, she discovered a news story about a fire at the Paxton Hotel in Chicago. In March 1993, 19 people died in a fire at the building, and a woman named Pam Robinson 
perished when she jumped out a window. What the hell? Get out of here. This is, what is this? Erica couldn't explain how Luke would have known about a fire in Chicago. He had never been to the city, and she had never discussed it with him. God, I mean, if, just if, like, what a precise story for a five-year-old to find on the internet. I'm just saying if. Like, oh, big that's, if. And that's me. <laughs> I know, right, that's what I mean. I mean, I don't have a year on that one. The internet might not have even existed at that point. <laughs> oh, maybe that's okay. All right. Do I have your attention now? Did I not at any point, I guess? No. We're going to continue down with more of these. I got a good amount of these. I mean. They're all pretty short, so. Sure. But, yeah, it's the. the it's the um, Tell me if you've heard enough. The commonalities. No, I will. Uh, I will do that. But as of now, I'm still, you know, I'm still dwelling on our good, good buddy Luke, a.k.a. Pam. Pam. Yep. I mean. I mean, the idea of reincarnation and then like. Okay, so, like, the child eventually has to grow up. So, if they're not, like, so, like, when you're a baby, obviously you can't tell anybody, hey, I used to be Pam, I died in a fire. So then as you start to grow up and you're becoming yourself, you're also remembering who you were or what you did if there's knowledge. So it's just a weird, confusing mess. Right, and the weird thing is it seems like they either stop remembering that at some point or they just quit trying to remember it. Well, it might almost be like... um like, how you know, like, normal memories, like, you can't remember, like, specific, you know what I mean? Like, memories, I can't remember everything that happened when I was five. No. So, like, okay. Memories pa- imperfect. Yeah, and Pam just died. And the fact that any memories persist after death into a new body, and you're a little boy it's named weird, Luke, right? eventually that's probably just going to go away. Mm-hmm. Like, like a memory, you just forget and move on. Yeah. Again, I do not have a PhD in... Resurrections and um, reincarnation. You're not a reincarnation doctor. I am. That is not me. Disclaimer. Yeah, me neither. Okay. Maybe one day. Uh, Maybe in a different life. (laughs) 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 Oh, what the fuck? (laughs) All right. (laughs) Well, let's get into another one here. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) John and Florence Pollock. Were devastated when their twin daughters, Joanna and Jacqueline, died in a car accident on May 5th, 1957. The following year, they were thrilled to hear they were expecting, and once again, Florence was carrying twins. The twins, Jillian and Jennifer, were born identical except for Jennifer's birthmark. She had a birthmark on her waist, similar to a birthmark Jacqueline had, and a birthmark on her forehead that resembled one of Jacqueline's scars. John and Florence moved away from their old home when their daughters were three months old. John and Florence told Jillian and Jennifer very little about their late sisters. So why would you? But the girls seemed to share Joanna and Jacqueline's memories. They would request old toys that had belonged to the deceased twins, recognize landmarks when traveling to their parents' former home, and were inexplicably terrified of cars. Upon seeing oncoming traffic, they would shriek, The car is coming to get us! Luckily, by the age of five, these frightening memories mostly faded away, and they went on to live relatively normal lives. It really is like a post-death hangover. <laughs> like, like, um, and all these things, all the ones you told me anyways, at least, um, like, it's a traumatic death. Right, yes. So, like, if we go by the science of trauma causes ghosts... Trauma may also be the hook that causes the reincarnation. Because, like, what if we reincarnate, but if you just, like, you know, live your life and you're just, you know, die of natural causes, it's normal. Like, you just get jacked into the next body, and then you're just good to go. Like, it's a clean slate. Like, it's it's like it's the same computer, but you wipe the memory, but it's still the same computer, so it gets new memories, but it's yep. the same. But if there's some kind of weird glitch or virus, a.k.a. death or something, mm-hmm. then, like, it sticks with you for a little bit. Again, I ain't no, I ain't no reincarnation doctor. Right, but that's kind of where these all you're on just, something there because they all seem to have some something traumatic happen. It's never like you know I remember living a boring life and just dying of old age in my bed. It's always something startling. Yeah, I got hit by a car. I fucking jumped off a building as I was on fire. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the gun. The other ones you're maybe telling it's me. Maybe you get a redo and the 
the wipe's not perfect. Yeah. Right? Because the other ones you told me about with the, like, the gunshots and stuff, like that's trauma too. Mm-hmm. Suicide and all this other... Okay, all right. Maybe by the end of this, we will have our PhDs in... Maybe. Anyways. Shanti Devi of Delhi, India, was born in 1926. Barely talked until she was four years old. She then began insisting that she lived with her husband and son in a tall town called Mathura, where she had died 10 days after giving birth. Eventually, a teacher in Devi's school asked her for her former husband's name, and she replied, Pandit Kadarnath Chaub. That's probably not how you say that, but that's how I'm it's, saying it's it. It's how so you're saying it to, to carry on with the episode, correct. The teacher identified a man of this name in Mathura and wrote him a letter. Chaub confirmed his wife... Lugdi died during childbirth nine years prior. When Chaub traveled to meet Shanti, he introduced himself using his older brother's name. Shanti immediately caught the bluff and recognized Chaub as her husband. She recalled details of Lugdi's life, such as Kurdanath's favorite food and how Lugdi bathed in a well in their courtyard. She also chastised Chaub from remarrying. He had promised... Lugdi, he would not. I mean, come on, Lugdi. <laughs> come on. Mahatma Gandhi eventually heard of her story, and he went and met with Devi and set up a committee of 15 people to evaluate her claims. The committee, surprisingly, could not debunk the story. That's so specific. <laughs> it's very specific. <laughs> it's, it's so specific. It's very specific. It's weird. So University of Virginia psychiatrist Jim Tucker, who studies reincarnation professionally, and we're back at University of Virginia, maybe a co-worker of Stevenson. Could be. Yeah. He met a boy identified as Sam, who he believes to be the reincarnation of his own grandfather. All right. Well, too close. So this is this is the time like the movie where like or like you know you're an attorney like you got to just or a judge you have to opt out of the case. Too much personal connection here. You gotta give it, give it to Stevens. You can't take this one on, man. This isn't for you. You're too yeah. close to the case. No, no, no. I think <laughs> the kid was reincarnated as his. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, this his... kid is my grandfather. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have to know, man. You're too close to the kid. That's what I. Thought. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was what... like, where's he going with this? That's what I thought you meant. <laughs> I was like, what are the chances of a reincarnation doctor's grandfather being reincarnated into the body of a little boy? (laughs) Jesus Christ. No, 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 no. Okay, it's sorry. Uh, Wow. Wildly different story. I lost my spot now. (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay, uh... So Sam believed he was the reincarnation of Sam's own grandfather. Fair. Until he was four years old, Sam had never seen a picture of his grandfather. After his grandmother's passing, his parents brought out the old family photo album, and upon seeing his grandfather's car, he exclaimed, That's my car! It would be easy to attribute this to an overactive imagination. This is what Sam's Baptist mother did at first, as her religion does not believe in reincarnation. However, she became a believer after she asked Sam if he remembered anything else from his past life. He said his sister had been turned into a fish by bad men. Sam's mother was astounded. What? His his grandfather's sister had been murdered and her body was dumped in a river. Due to the frightening nature of the story, Sam's parents had never told the four-year-old about that. (laughs) Yeah, you think? (laughs) Yeah. We save this one for later or not at all. Yeah. Put in the not at all file. Mm Mm-hmm. Continuing on with another one. Yes. From the time that he was two years old, a Midwestern child named Lee insisted he had another house and another mommy. I just can't, man. It's just so much to handle. I'm just just imagining the mom being told this ridiculous story. She's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) What? Uh All right. By the time he was three, he had begun saying he was born on June 26th rather than his actual birthday of June 21st. 
Oh, that's close, though, too. Lee claimed his middle name was Ko. He wrote movies for a living, and he had a daughter named Jennifer. His sister asked him how old he was when he died, and he promptly replied, 48. I just can't. Man. Lee's curious parents relayed the titles of several movies to Lee, asking if he had written them. When they mentioned Gone with the Wind, Lee became enthusiastic. He eagerly claimed he wrote the film, and after a quick Google search, Lee's parents learned that the writer of Gone with the Wind was named Sidney Coe Howard. Howard was born June 26th, had a daughter named Jennifer, and he died at 48. As these details of Coe's life were unknown to Lee's parents, it's unclear how he knew them. be a hell of a coincidence. <laughs> There's a lot of coincidences happening. Yeah. I just imagine being... Then your kid's like, I, I wrote Gone with the Wind. What? <laughs> yeah, okay, kid. Yeah. Wait. Wait. I have a daughter named <laughs> Jennifer. I died when I was 48. What? Yeah. Pretty bizarre. I mean, yeah, not standard. I would call these stories not standard. The definition of just not normal. I'm like, maybe out of the, out of the box here. Paranormal? All right, so I got another one here for you too. I got more for. It. I got a lot more. Well, I mean, I mean, I'm good. I mean, they're quick though. We're not we're not overdoing it. They're all interesting too, right? Yeah, I, I mean, not, I thought so. So I'm, I, not, I'm not disinterested in anything that's happening right now, which might be. I mean, don't worry about it. Okay. Everyone is just begin has beginning, middles, and ends, and every part is wild. Mm-hmm. When Karanfil. Tuzmus of Turkey was pregnant with a son in the 1950s. She dreamed a man named Selim Fesli appeared to her with a bloody face. Okay. She went to give. She went on to give birth to a boy, Semi Tuzmus. As soon as Semi began to talk, he insisted that he was the reincarnation of Fesli. Okay. He said that he lived in a nearby village and he had been murdered by a neighbor. At the age of four, Semi walked to Fesley's old village, talked with Fesley's win- widow. He was able to recount their life together in great detail, and his murder claims were somewhat corroborated. Because Fesley had indeed been shot by a neighbor, but the neighbor claimed it was a hunting accident. Oh, okay. I... Semi, on the other hand, insisted that his past self had been killed due to an argument over Fesley, his former life. Yeah his mule grazing in the neighbor's field. Semi returned to Fesley's village throughout his life, visiting his widow and adult children. Oh, no. When he encountered his murderer, he would throw stones at him. Oh, my God. He did not enact more violent revenge out of concern his neighbor would also be reincarnated, so he stuck to stone throwing to avoid perpetuating a cycle of murder across multiple (laughs) lives. Oh, my God. Right? What the fuck? (laughs) Family feuds. <laughs> what the hell is this? You just keep killing the guy over and over again. This blood feud that is just you guys <laughs> through eternity, through forever till the do- the end of time. And it's like, imagine getting kill- killed over your mule. Ah, bummer, dude. But I love that his first answer, the guy who supposed allegedly killed him, was it was a hunting accident. It's a good. That's a good line, man. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, huh, that's almost believable. Yeah, it's a good hunt. Hmm. Yeah. Too bad it was about my mule eating in your, your yeah. grass. Yeah, I was hunting for reasons to get his mule to stop eating in my grass. So I killed him. Yeah. But no one needs to know that. God, imagine, then imagine, okay, imagine you kill the guy who's eating, whose mule's eating your grass, and he comes back as a reincarnated person and just throws rocks at you all the time. Well, yeah, well, he looks different. He's just chucking rocks <laughs> yeah. at you. He's like, I'm on to you, man. Yeah. <laughs> The All part right. where he doesn't forget, though, where he keeps like visiting his adult children and wives, that's right? not good. Because that, that is – and then because the reincarnation takes so good, he's afraid of murdering the other guy because like he's clearly the same person again yeah. to a degree. So he's like, well, I don't want – I want him to be fucking dead. Right. I don't want him hunting me through – it's just because it's sort of weird sci-fi. Well, I, mean, <laughs> like, that's, I think that's the movie. That's a story that has to happen. Yeah. 
And then who who knows who else would get caught in like the crossfires? Then you'd be killing other people that are friends or relations of the person who's been reincarnated. How many lives are you destroying because of your blood feud? And of course, it has to start because a mule was eating someone's grass. <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. Well, I'm amazing. Hollywood hasn't jumped on that idea. They should leave it alone. Don't. Don't. I don't even know what age you can start speaking at, but this one starts early, apparently. Okay. At the age of one and a half. Oh, bold. Well, I mean, how much how much do you remember from your past life where you were a grown adult? Uh-huh. That's Speech, a good point, maybe. I guess. I mean, reincarnation. Yeah. Man, we're going to have PhDs by the time this episode's over. Yeah. Well, Nazi Al-Danaf of Lebanon shocked his parents when he declared, I am not small, I am big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, again. Huh. He insisted he had many weapons, including grenades, and lived in a nearby village. At one and a half? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> As time went on, Al Danaf uh, continually requested to be taken to his old home in, oh man, Kaber uh. Chow Moon, about 10 miles away from his village. When he was six years old, his parents granted this request, and Al Danaf. Located Najdia Kadag's home. Kadag spoke with Aldenaf at length and became convinced he was the reincarnation of her husband, oh Fwad Assad Kadag. She was astounded when Aldenaf answered her questions cor- correctly. He remembered who built the foundation of their home, the specifics of, a, of an accident when she dislocated her shoulder, and an incident where their daughter became ill by ingesting medicine. Even more astonishing when Aldenaf's Alleged former wife inviting, invited him into her home. He quickly ran to the cupboard in search of his weapons. This was the exact cupboard where her deceased husband had kept his guns and grenades. He was six? Or, or did that happen when he was older? Yeah, six. Okay. I mean, I don't have a cabinet for guns and grenades. Do you? I do not have a gun slash grenade. I definitely would have been running. <laughs> I would have been interested at six, probably. Sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. All right. Huh. Purnima Ekanayake of Sri Lanka was born with unusual birthmarks dotting her lower ribs and chest. Oh, no. At a young age, she began speaking of a past life. Oh, we know what this means. After a school trip to a temple 145 miles away, Ekanayake... I, I'm hoping that's get, right. We have to roll with it right. I understand. Insisted she lived in the town across the river from the temple. She claimed she was once a male incense maker who had died in a traffic accident. It's I, just the specificity of all these things. I just cannot get over. Yeah. It's weird. It, I would. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. It's pretty strange. Yeah. Odd. Again, not normal. Paranormal. Ekanayeke's father traveled with his brother-in-law to the town in question called Kelenia. They asked around about local incense makers and found the name of Jinadasa. Jinadasa. Jinadasa had been a, an incense maker who died when he was hit by a bus while riding his bicycle. I mean, that's exactly what he said. Ekanayeke's family took her to Jinadasa's home where she was able to identify his wife and daughter and name the school Jinadasa attended. Ekanayake's family had no prior contact or connection with Jinadasa's family, and it is difficult to explain how she got such specific information correct. Then there were the birthmarks. Jinadasa's autopsy report showed several fractures and bruises from the accident that ran along his lower ribs and left side. So that's where the autopsy stuff that I mentioned earlier comes yeah. in. I mean, I th- okay. To be fair, I like a lot of what's going on here. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan. Mm-hmm. But like the explanations for birthmarks as wounds you suffered or injuries that happened before you died and were reincarnated is in is wild is brain opening to me. That's do you, not have, any, even a do you have any birthmarks? Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got a few. I don't have any. So yeah, I got a. There's a few. I think I remember where they are. <laughs> it's like, well, you'll have to ask your parents next time you see them. Did I say any weird shit when I was a kid? <laughs> what? Man. 
I mean, yeah, and then just imagine as opposed to like looking into it, if the parents just continue like, ha, laugh you off and it just goes away. Because that's very reasonable. Right, yeah. And you're five years old saying say madness. Things. You're saying madness. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, so I don't know what that means. I mean, right? So I don't have any birthmarks, so am I a new am I a new soul? Or, or, you, you or have suffered, I just existed? You didn't suffer a traumatic death in your past life. You just kind of lived. Nothing hit you, nothing exploded, nothing stabbed you. You didn't jump out of everything. You Does lived. that mean I'm up for one? <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I hope not. <laughs> well, I don't like where that went. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Oh, but then no. I was like, you know, if I made it this far, does that mean I'm due? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, how many lives have you made it by scot-free? And, uh, well, got any more stories? <laughs> I'm not driving anywhere. <laughs> yeah, well, don't, yeah, don't make incense and walk in front of a bus. Um, well, I got more stories. I know. And I just... Huh. Yeah, I mean, there's one, like, on my ab, my stomach. So, like, was I stabbed? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's what did it? A stab? Yep. Or a gunshot? I hope it, I hope it was. That's just long-range stabbing. What if somebody has, like, a birth, like one birthmark on their, their front, and there's, like, a bunch on their back? Like, just well, that's, scattered. like, what that kid had with, like, under his chin, and he had it on top of his head. Right. Yeah. 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 <sighs> I just pictured all. I mean, that's the same. But I was like, like, like the shrapnel exploded in his body, so you'd have like twenty-seven like birthmarks on the back, and like that's kind of what a weird quirk I have. Yeah, huh, that's silly, right? It's odd, huh? Weird. Yeah. What, what a coincidence. When I was four, my mom said when I was five, I kept being irrationally afraid of explosives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no grenades. I just kept yelling. That's weird that he kept yelling that. Yeah, Ma tossed an apple at me, and I was like, I, I duck and covered. I never, <laughs> I never knew why. <laughs> All right, well, this is a good one to get into after that. Okay. Uh, when retired fire chief Jeffrey Keene and his wife vacationed Maryland, he was caught off guard when visiting a Civil War battlefield called Sunken Road. Oh, no. Keene became inexplic- inexplicably emotional as he entered the field, to the point he thought he may be suffering a heart attack. How old was he? Is it like an adult? He's an adult. Okay. I mean, well, he's the fire chief. You'd okay, think he's sure, probably, sure. probably 50s, if I had to guess. I don't... Sure. It doesn't look like it's here. Yeah, okay. No, I but must that would have, be my bet. I must have missed the fire chief part. I was... There's a lot in my head right now. I apologize. Yeah, so while the physical pain passed, he felt an uncanny connection to the area. Oh, no. Later, he recounted the incident to a psychic at a party. That sounds fun. More parties should have psychics. Yeah, yeah, more parties should have psychics. Uh, she asked if he believed in reincarnation. He felt the instinctive urge to say the words, not yet. That's weird. While regarding a Civil War magazine in his home, he found an article about civil, a Civil War general identified as General Gordon. Gordon had fought in Sunken Road during the Battle of Antion, Antietam. During this battle, he was best remembered for repetitively shouting the words, not yet. Upon, the, upon researching Gordon's life, Keene found... More connections between himself and Gordon. Keene had marks on his body similar to the wounds Gordon had suffered in the war. Oh, my God. And on Keene's 30th birthday, he was admitted to the hospital with a terrible pain in his jaw. When Gordon was 30, he was shot in the face. So Keene was the yeah. reincarnated. So on his 30th birthday, he was admitted to the hospital with a terrible pain in his jaw. I just can't. And the Civil War guy was shot in the face when he was 30. This is all I'm going to be thinking about all the time. It's weird. It's super weird. Imagine living your whole life and then realizing not only are you you, but you're someone else. But that someone else might, in fact, still be you. You're all the same person. That's you. But just a different you. Just a different vessel. Just a different vessel. Holy crap. Like, you're still... because. Because the way you grew up reflects who you are, but then you have memories of who you used to be. So you're like two people in one body, but you're the same. And then, but that guy went years. Right, it's a weird one. It's a weird one. It's different. Yeah. But uh, who knows? I mean, general, maybe there's something with the war. People don't like to talk about the war, so it was repressed. Well, there was going through the scientific journals. There was two different types of 
uh, reincarnations okay. that they had found. You okay. Know, there was the, I forget what they were called, more situational type ones, like this one. Yeah. And then there was the ch- chil- the children ones, which were more frequent, where you had a triggering effect on like something like this one. Like It, it was, yeah. wasn't until he went into this Civil War battlefield where right. he seemingly maybe lived a past life. Then the other ones just have like memories when they're young. So, so maybe um, with a general guy like he fought dying for a cause. What part of it was he a Union officer or a Confederate? Did it say that I missed that part? Uh, I don't think it said. All right. Well, let's just go with the fact that he was fighting for a cause that he believed in. He died fighting for that cause. Like he felt fulfilled, you know, dying in combat, an honorable death. Maybe that's how he felt when he died. So then he was reincarnated in peace. Right? Mm -hmm. So if he would have spent his whole entire life not going to the fucking battlefield where he died, nothing would have re-triggered any of those past life things. So like, if he would have went literally everywhere else on earth but that one spot, he might have never known. Right. Quote, unquote, known. You know what I mean? But then once that happened, it was just done. Mm -hmm. Because did he have his jaw pain um, after he knew? Or was that before? It just said on his 30th birthday. He was okay. Okay, so went he to was the hospital with he a was, terrible pain in his jaw, and he was the the chief, so he was probably older than thirty one. Yeah, but okay. but like but knowing we're looking this, back, he it made sense. Yeah, okay, that's fair. So then, yeah, you don't even know what that's connected to. You just think your fucking jaws screwed up. Yeah, and then you find out you were a Civil War. And if it was just pain <sighs> in your jaw, and you went to the hospital for it, and we're like, I don't know, it just fucking hurts. Yeah, I don't know what you would get to your jaw you'd think you know just like a busted jaw or like a bad tooth or something or it'd be like just like a tmj thing like just pain in your jaw it's just too hurts. much jaw is that yeah. what that stands for what's oh, too much jaw it does yeah it's too <laughs> much jaw yeah yeah i mean a lot of it's <laughs> it doesn't matter anymore that's too good <laughs> yeah i got too much jaw it hurts <laughs> we can take some of it out no you can't <laughs> it's my jaw yeah but yeah <laughs> it's my jaw you can't have it <laughs> And then you find out it was actually somebody else's jaw. Oh, what's going on? Shit. <laughs> oh, my God. I guess I'll keep it. But is it still my jaw? Am I him? Who am I? Either way, it's too much. Oh, man. Too much Too much jaw. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, so, my God. This one is largely Sorry. based on rumors. The muscles in my jaw hurt. Sorry. He's got a yeah, maybe you were shot in the face in Oh, the my God. Life. Anyways, go on. <laughs> Uh, allegedly a three-year-old boy from Golan Heights, which is near Syria, was born with a red birthmark on his head. He claimed this was from being murdered in a past life. Oh, my God. Every time. Dr. Eli Lash claims to have investigated the story. Lash took the boy from city to city in Israel until the boy recognized a village. He walked around the town for quite some time, approaching a strange man and saying, I used to be your neighbor. We had a fight, and you killed me with an axe. I can't handle it. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine the neighbor. Ah! Then the boy led Lash and the accused man to a spot where he claimed to have been buried. A skeleton was found in the ground with a wound in the skull corresponding to the boy's birthmark. Zach. The man he accused eventually confessed to having murdered his neighbor four years prior. Zach, what are you doing here? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) What is going on? Unlocking the secrets of the universe? Ah. I have no fucking clue. Uh, These are from scientific journals? Well... Okay. Not not confirmed. Okay. All right. Now. Okay. Anyways. We have the scientific journals. We do. It will get there. Okay. Okay. But in the meantime, this is possible hearsay. Good. That's fine. But I mean, every one of these mm-hmm. is just a little story. Imagine that guy. A little boy shows up to your village. Shut you, the fuck up. You thought you got away from him. What are you fucking doing, man? Why do you know where that's buried? And then, oh, no. And then like, he's like, do you want to get hit with a fucking axe? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's what gives Maybe him Maybe that's away. what got him murdered in yeah, the last <laughs> life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you want to get, what the hell? Oh, my gosh. <sighs> then he's like, you were the asshole in that argument. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were the dick. You knew it, and I killed you. Do I regret it? I do now. Yeah, what the <laughs> fuck, little kid? <laughs> All right. So, another one? Yeah. We're winding down here, but... Sure, I, I have a couple more. The commonalities are what, I mean, I just love hearing. Because mm-hmm. you can build a thread in your mind of, like, 
if you were a, you know, reincarnation doctor, these would be things you would look for. Right. His entire life, Arthur Flowerdew. It's a weird name. It's a good one. He was haunted by uh, inexplicable and vivid memories of a city surrounded by a desert and a temple carved into a cliff. One day, he was watching a BBC documentary, and he saw the city of Petra, Jordan. To his amazement, the city matched the one in his head. I can't take this. <laughs> it's so specific. After Flowerdew shared his story with several people, BBC reporters were like, hey, what's up? Yeah, come here. They contacted him and asked him to put his story on television. Several archaeologists flew to Petra with Flowerdew. He recognized landmarks with ease, including sites that had not yet been excavated. When presented with an ancient device, the purpose of which had baffled scholars for years, he offered a plausible explanation regarding its use. <sighs> tell me what that is. doesn't tell me what that is. Well... After seeing a guard station, Flowerdew recalled that he had died there when he was stabbed with a spear. Maybe maybe that's what you got in the stomach, a spear. Oh my god, that'd be fucking cool. Where am I from? Mm-hmm. The experts who accompanied Flowerdew believed his claims of reincarnation, doubting someone would be able to fake or fabricate, fabricate the breadth of knowledge that he displayed. Flowerdew maintained he had never studied the city previously, and he only heard, upon, heard of it upon watching the BBC uh, piece. It's so strange. It's just such a thing. Yeah. Was that one life? Like, was he up in heaven for a while and then, you know, get down there? Yeah, is there like a cue? Or is, is had he like maybe not, never had a thing triggered over how many different right. lifetimes? Right, he had a bunch of peaceful lifetimes and then, and then all of a sudden Great. it just... I'm due for one. Fuck. I mean, maybe, just maybe I got one somewhere I don't know about. Maybe you should I, just. Is, what I'm also learning is that maybe you should um, turn into some more just weird television shows, and then all of a sudden you'll see something that triggers this past life you had. Because if he, uh, yeah, who knows if he had been around a TV? Yeah, he had, must. His other lives must never have had a TV with that program, or. But I mean, well, I mean, if it was just recently yeah, discovered too, right? So that no, he wouldn't have known. It's like the guy walking out of the Civil War battlefield. What are the chances? And then here it is. Yep. Man, you're so due. Weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got one one last one. Okay. And let's, then uh, let's do it. Yeah. Barbro Carlin was born in Sweden. Got it. In nineteen fifty four. Okay. From the time she could talk, Carlin began telling her parents strange stories about someone named Anne Frank. Nope. Carlin claimed she was Anne Frank. Oh, no. And that she had nightmares of men kicking in the door of her home and taking her away. Oh, my Lord. Her parents, perplexed, not least because they had no idea who Anne Frank was as a person. Frank died in 1945 in the Bergen-Belsen concentration camp. I mean, we know. We know Anne Frank. We know who Anne Frank is. We know who Anne Frank is, yes. Um... But she died in the concentration camp after Nazis had discovered her and her family hiding in an attic in Amsterdam. Yeah. Uh, they were trying to avoid persecution for being Jewish, obviously, during uh, the Nazi Holocaust. Yeah. Carlin's parents took her to Amsterdam when she was 10 years old. She quickly led them to Frank's house. Oh, no. Without any directions, correctly identified the sp- a spot on the wall where Frank had hung hung photos of movie stars and noted that the steps were different than she had remembered. All this was enough to finally make her parents believe she was the reincarnation of Anne Frank, and she's been writing books about her experience ever since. And she became a writer. It's weird, right? Well, I mean, Anne Frank always wanted to be a writer. Mm Mm-hmm. What are these books about? I don't know. I didn't look into that. You know, just questions. There's enough there. for me to like there, take I in here. Right, I understand. I didn't need to look into the reincarnated author Anne Frank. Oh, God. I read one of her books at one point. Yeah. Yeah. It's a reincarnation. That's weird. 
It is. Yeah. Lots of weird stuff there. I'm going to have to let a lot of that kind of settle into my mind. Uh-huh. Because, I don't know, if you have a birthmark, birthmark, when will you be triggered? Are you a sleeper agent or incarnate? Who are you, really? You think you know who you are? Who are you? Yeah. Oh. Look at that birthmark. What does that mean? What happened to you? I don't know. Maybe I got one on my head that I don't know about. Oh, that's not one way to figure it I've out. I've had a shaved head before, though. I feel like I would have known. You would have seen that. it. Yeah, they yeah. just don't come up. Hmm. It's very curious. I mean, it's... This was a fun one for me. Yeah. Because it's just... It's like... Just out there. Well, I never thought I would discover the scientific reason for birthmarks. Yeah. What's strange? I mean... There's no denying that fact. That's what that means. If you have a birthmark, something bad happened to you. Obviously. Yeah, nothing else could be possible. Right. Uh, I don't know what else to tell you. It's just a scientific fact at this point. It's just... I don't know. At this point, I I cannot call myself a reincarnation PhD, but I might be an intern. Yeah. An unpaid intern in reincarnation. That might be accurate. Maybe you were a paid intern in a past life. (laughs) <laughs> That's a good place to be, I guess. A paid intern. They're making money. Yeah, I didn't make any money in my internships. Those yeah, I mean, that's, they tend to like that. Yeah. Huh. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I pfft. Lots of crazy stuff. I mean, if... Uh, yeah, no, I mean, if you've been reincarnated... If you have memories of a past life... You can email us at weirdandfreepodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, please do. Uh, Facebook, Instagram... Patreon.com slash Weird and Feared. You can listen to Behind the Veil. I'm sure Reincarnation Talk will continue there mm-hmm. after today's episode concludes. Um, but I'm still just kind of going to dwell on it now because I don't know what to say. I'm at a loss, but I'm not because my mind is racing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot going on. And then it makes me wonder... How many people have weird thoughts and they just, but like, as opposed to, as opposed to, yeah, blurting them out. Like, it's just kind of like this weird thing. Like, oh, I just think of crazy stuff sometimes. Is that what deja vu is? It's like, I feel like I've done this before. And something similar that you've done in a past life. And it clicks in like, yeah, I swear that's happened. Huh. That could be. And that's why things are familiar. Because like, I do kind of common things. And then I was also trying to think about, okay, so let's say, so like, since the dawn of humanity... How many times could you be reincarnated? I mean, at that point, like, science is out the window at that point, right? Yes. Like, then we're going Bible. <laughs> like, well, I mean. Stuff, like, because unless you got memories of being an ape of some sort, which I guess you could. You could. <laughs> I don't but know. if we just, <laughs> if we just go, um,. Eventually, like, different memories cycle out, like the memory thing. You, like, you forget. So, like, let's say you've lived, let's just say you've lived a hundred lives. Mm-hmm. Maybe after, like, the 60th, 70th, like, you, like, 30 drop off or 40 drop memory. They just, you know, but you keep living, so it keeps recycling, and you just can't, you know what I mean? Like, it just kind of drops off, and you make new memories, and they build on. Yeah, like, you can't, you can only bring so many with you. Right. Then it makes you wonder, what is even the point of that? Vengeance. Oh my God! Well, Throw only, rocks at your neighbor yeah, that only killed if, you. Oh, yeah, only if you you let your. You're maybe like, you should control. Like, I need to remember maybe, this one. Yeah. Because fuck that guy. I'm gonna go throw rocks at him. Right. You know, there's always that one person who you're like, this fucking asshole, mm-hmm. and like, you're like, this guy sucks, and he killed me, so I ain't forgetting this. Yeah. I mean, he could argue that maybe you should have actually controlled your mule. How many times did he tell you not to let him eat his grass? Yeah, but is that murder worthy? Murder worthy. I mean, he's being an ass. A lot of things. That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> I mean, a lot of things are not murder worthy. I would argue almost most things are not murder worthy. Yeah. Most. <laughs> yeah, not most. <laughs> yeah. All right. Probably most, I guess. Most things are not murder worthy. Yeah. yeah. Um. Man. Yeah. That deja vu thing's got me kind of messed up now, too, though. Because then, oh yeah, this brings I had so it brings me back to my point. Like, well, only because you had a good explanation for why that would happen, and you explained that it would be to hold a grudge against your neighbor till the end of the universe. <laughs> uh huh. Or is it 
okay, if you acknowledge higher existence and higher beings mm-hmm. that are not specific to any one type of, just like a grand energy, just let's just say a force of the people or some sort of energy that connects all living things, hypothetically, okay. and people keep being reincarnated, is it because whatever that is, it's learning? It's the cloud. You just get uploaded back to the cloud. <laughs> That's what it seems. Somebody right? downloads you again. Yeah, but then the cloud is an artificial intelligence that's learning, growing, adapting based on your human experiences because it does not have a corporeal body. And then one day the cloud will manifest. Huh. And if you... Is it a simulation then? Are we going to simulation theory? I mean, we could. <laughs> or we could, we could. Or whatever this energy is, it's... And eventually, like, we – because we always build off knowledge, builds off knowledge, mm-hmm. and we're getting to the point where, like, you know, the um, the singularity, what if that is just the coming – this metaphysical cloud does become a digital cloud, and there's different ways of – because we're all about saving and copying and, and data. Knowledge is power. Mm-hmm. So the more you know, the stronger and more powerful and influential you are. What's, what's the game afoot? What is it? I don't know. Well, if you know, you should email us at weirdandfreepodcast at gmail.com if you have the answers to that. <laughs> if anyone does. Yeah, you should. Uh, email us, please. Yeah. And then, of course, again, Facebook, Instagram, patreon.com slash weirdandfeared. Um, if you want to tell us you're incarnated on anchor.fm slash whatever it is, go to the anchor.fm slash weirdandfeared. You'll see the option to leave us a voice message, mm-hmm. which I think would just be astounding if you have something cool to say about that. But otherwise, I mean, there's just a lot to contemplate this week, guys. So I hope you can just mull it over and appreciate your place in the universe. Because what higher purpose are you serving? What higher purpose have you served? Yeah. Ah. <sighs> Only the all-encompassing entity knows that connects us together. Maybe just human existence connects us together. Could be, yeah. And what is human existence? All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Stay spooky. Stay spooky.